0: Welcome everybody to the coaching tools and tips meetup and today we've got Rohit who is going to be talking to us about Kaizen and building a culture of um, an improvement culture improvement culture. So really excited to hear this. Rohit is a um, Scrum Alliance CTC and then I'm going to let him tell you more about himself. That way um, he can disclose the things he wants and he knows more interesting things about himself than I do. So I'm Cherie Silas and I'm your host today and um, I'm going to go ahead and hand this over to Rohit and let him jump in however he'd like.
1: Great. Uh, Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for having me uh, in in your meetup group and uh, it's great to be here, seeing all this, uh, some known faces, faces, some some new ones. Uh, Am I sharing the right screen? Can you all see this green kaizen written all over the screen? Yes. All right. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, welcome everyone. Great to see people, you know, people joining in from India. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to—I've got two monitors, cameras here, so don't. Uh, I'm just trying to see whoever who's joining in. Uh, so, my idea today is to talk about Kaizen, building a—you know—how do we really build a culture? Uh, how do we build a continuous improvement culture? I'm not going to talk a lot about uh, Kaizen in detail, but how do we build a culture? That's my idea. And uh, before we do that, um, so who am I? And oops, all right. So that's me. Um, I'm I'm an agile coach. I I live in uh, the UK. I'm a certified team coach from Scrum Alliance, and uh, yeah, I've been. uh, I'm I'm now an ICHL Agile instructor. I love teaching about facilitation and agile coaching, and uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I have around 16 years in IT industry and, uh, yeah, I've done, uh, I've started, I started as a developer, you know, done business analysis, um, uh, went into the dark world of project management, traditional project management. Then, uh, yeah, came out of that, uh, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was introduced to scrum mastery and, uh, and I've not Turned back from then, so that was about nine, 10 years back, and 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 I'm loving it. I love working with individuals. I love coaching, and uh, um, and that if you look at this, it looks like um, you know I'm a badge collector, but that's me. I, I always I'm, I'm I, I always try to answer who, you know what's my next best version, and uh, I see still some there's some white more white space. So yeah, some things more uh, I need to do. And that's me, uh, and. to Talk about uh, the agenda for today. Um, you know, I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to talk more about uh, building the culture. So it's it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a monologue. I'm not going to uh, go and uh, create breakout rooms and ask you to talk and discuss. So it's going to be a bit of a monologue, but I've got a couple of funny videos uh, and uh, something to share with you, um, and. Uh, you know, what, what I'm going to talk about is, is something which I believe in. Uh, it, this is from my experience, my beliefs, and, uh, and how do I, as a coach, uh, I'm helping individuals motivate uh, towards, you know, uh, towards continuous improvement. And if you look at uh, how do we really provide motivation, and, and the true motivation uh, really comes from simple of things, and yet, uh, yet, yet, it's so difficult for leaders, for coaches, for an individual uh, to continue and apply all this continuous improvement uh, uh, within within your personal sphere or within your organization. The first thing that gets thrown out uh, is fun continuous improvement uh, when you have a deadline or uh, you know some customer commitment um, lurking around. So. But if you build in a culture where everyone's accountable, everyone's questioning why are we doing this, uh, doing the things that we are doing, uh, and questioning status quo, you, you, your work is done. You you always will strive for continuous excellence and uh, continuous improvement, um, and that's what I, I I am going to talk about today. And 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 these are all principles uh, which I like and which I believe in, and to achieve these principles. Um, you know, you can achieve it in 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 different ways, and uh, some uh, some of you might be doing it some you know differently, some, some things differently. Feel fi- uh, feel free to share them over the, over this uh, session or at the end. And if you have any questions, do ask. Um, you know, do stop me and ask ask those questions. Um, so before we start, uh, so what do we really mean by kaizen? Is, is Kaizen only retrospective? You know, mostly people think about, oh, we are, we are doing retrospective. We are continuously improving. We do inspect and adapt. Uh, what's what's more to do? Uh, so Kaizen goes beyond retrospective. It's, it's not just, you know, we are doing inspect, adapt. Every sprint, every three weeks, every two weeks, we're doing it. We are continuously improving. Uh, but how do you make it effective? How do you make it uh, sustainable? How do you make it in, embedded in your own, uh, in your work, way of working? So Kaizen comes from um, is a J- Japanese philosophy of you know how do you encourage that continuous improvement of ones uh, for in their personal life and 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 the ongoing quest for improvement at work and it it's 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 go- it's not going to stop it's it's incremental it's continuous and uh, um, and if you look at the technical aspect of it uh, it also talks about uh certain management concepts which are based on kaizen uh things like uh total quality control quality circles just in time automation um uh, etc i'm not i'm not going to talk about them but i'm going to talk about really about the kaizen principles that we should strive for and which uh, really uh you know people don't don't you know forget uh time uh, with time so what um what do we mean um, by Kaizen principles? Uh, few of the Kaizen principles for me, that's uh, that stands out for me is uh humanizing workplace, uh improving morale of individuals, uh, team workers, team, pe- team participation, teamwork, and personal discipline. So I, I'm going to focus on uh, on these principles. But um, if you look at uh continuous improvement, what what's really happening? Is we are asking people to accept change. We are asking them to move forward, asking them to come out of their comfort zone, and uh, and and that uncertainty, that uh, you know, outside of your comfort, of your uh, own co- cocoon that you have created, you know, this there lies uh, some unknown dark world which people, are, everyone's scared of, and that's the fear that everyone, you know, most of us have, and. Uh, some might not, some might be very eager to try, try and uh, uh, try something new. And that's, that's what we need, that eagerness, that curiosity uh, to avoid that uncertainty and, and, and overcome that uh, fear. And not alone, you can't do it, uh, you know, if you are working with, you know, within a team, with the team, uh, for a team, you can't do it alone. You have to get others as well in, in your journey. So how do you do that? Um, the other thing that, that's stopping kaizen is the feeling of being perfect if i if i think i'm perfect i've achieved everything i i can't i can't i won't strive for my best version i'll say oh i've done i'm i'm done i'm ctc i'm doing this i'm i'm having fun uh i, w- I would not i would stop um but but the quest of uh getting my uh, next version my next you know stepping into my next best version is what Strives me to try something new, uh, maybe scary. Uh, so something which is which scares me. Uh, you know, are talking about emotions. So uh, and 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 to overcome that, I'm trying to learn about co-active coaching and relationship coaching. Uh, that's that's so scary for me, but you know, uh, that's the quest, uh, and I'm trying to get over that fear of mine. So. Whoever does that, uh, you know, they they are imbibing that continuous improvement culture within them. So, how do we really do this? Um, if if I think of you know, um, everyone's working remotely these days. Uh, when we started, I think six six months, six seven months back, uh, first fear of working remotely was working in a room and the ca- the cabin fever everyone had of oh I can't I can't see that I can't see. People, I can't interact. Uh, I am lacking human interaction. The fear of just working in in your house and no travel, nothing. Uh, that was a big change for anyone and everyone. Wearing masks was one thing, right? But now, if you see, we are getting pro. We are getting themed masks, colored masks. Uh, we are improving. We are we are continuously improving in our own personal way, our personal life as well. So. These principles, um, you know, uh, I'm going to talk about um, the cycle of Kaizen or Deming cycle. So the idea of Kaizen or continuous improvement starts with, uh, with, with knowing that we are identifying or having a feel that yes, we, we have a scope of improvement or we know there are some problems that we might o- need to overcome. Uh, so identifying uh, a need to change, identifying a need for improvement, so you start with planning out, uh, understanding the problem, identifying them. You start with analyzing them, you start uh, developing a hypothesis, you start with an experiment, and then you start running with that experiment. So if you, if you remember in your childhood or, you know, when you were a student in school or in your college, university, uh, if you have done some chemistry experiment mixing two liquids together and then trying, uh, you know, mixing drop by drop, trying mixing it, just uh, looking at if the colors change or not. Similar to that, if you are doing an experiment, trying out a new idea, be it anything a technical idea, a design change or a process change keep evaluating and this is where i think uh, the empiricism of you know transparency inspection and control comes into the picture and it aligns with our agile way of uh, thinking okay uh, this is how we will improve how we will control our way of working and this cycle of kaizen helps us run experiments help uh, help us evaluate ideas in small small chunks incremental chunks and then uh, keep eva- keep developing those ideas so, uh, all all this is bit of a theory, bit of a, a bit about Kanban. Oh, sorry, bit about Kaizen and how it helps, how it helps us uh, in continuous improvement and thinking about improving further. Okay. So when we talk about change, uh, Kaizen brings change in some, uh, you know, four key areas, which is people mindset, value stream, machinery, processes, machineries, you know, all these Japanese terms come from, um, uh, from manufacturing background. So you, you, you hear machinery and all those uh, industrial stuff. But my focus today is talking about people mindset. How do we, how do we help them? How do we help them to uh, build that mindset of improvement, continuous improvement? So, how do we do that uh, i've got a video to share so let's let's watch it together and uh, are you guys able to see this vid- uh, screen yeah. give a thumbs up if you can we
0: are and if, for any of you who might have a slower internet connection i dropped the link in the chat that way if it if it doesn't work you know on zoom for you you can look at it separately
1: okay mm-hmm. let's watch this video together <laughs>
2: If you've learned a lot about leadership and making a movement, then let's watch a movement happen start to finish in under three minutes and dissect some lessons. First, of course, a leader needs the guts to stand alone and look ridiculous. But what he's doing is so simple, it's almost instructional. This is key. You must be easy to follow. Now here comes the first follower with a crucial role. He publicly shows everyone else how to follow. Notice how the leader embraces him as an equal. So it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Notice how he's calling to his friends to join in. So it takes guts to be a first follower. You stand out and you brave ridicule yourself. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. Now here's the second follower. This is a turning point. It's proof the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut, and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd, and a crowd is news. A movement must be public. Make sure outsiders see more than just the leader. Everyone needs to see the followers, because new followers emulate followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people, then three more immediately. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point, and now we have a movement. As more people jump in, it's no longer risky. If they were on the fence before, there's no reason not to join in now. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, and they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. And over the next minute, you'll see the rest who prefer to stay part of the crowd, because eventually they'd be ridiculed for not joining. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how a movement is made. So let's recap what we've learned. If you are a version of the shirtless dancing guy all alone, Remember the importance of nurturing your first few followers as equals, making everything clearly about the movement, not you. Be public, be easy to follow. But the biggest lesson here, did you catch it? Leadership is over-glorified. Yes, it started with the shirtless guy, and he'll get all the credit, but you saw what really happened. It was the first follower that transformed a lone nut into a leader. There's no movement without the first follower. See, we're told that we all need to be leaders, but that would be really ineffective. The best way to make a movement, if you really care, is to courageously follow and show others how to follow. When you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first person to stand up and join in.
1: Okay. Uh, um. So how many of have you seen this video before?
0: I know I have. No. <laughs> pretty cool.
1: Uh, how many of you are like the shirtless dancer? No one? <laughs> <laughs> how many of you are like, uh, Sherry's there. Uh, you, um, if you, if you want to uh, raise your hands as participants, you can do that in Zoom. Uh, how many of you like to be the first follower? <laughs> That's the scariest part, right? Uh, being that first follower is 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 really scary, and uh, you don't you know if people are you, you see a lot of people just looking out at this shirtless dancer who has this crazy idea of a change. Um, and nobody's coming up and helping or you know supporting or even saying oh i, I would like to know more about it and uh, having that guts having that confidence uh, to just you know support or say okay I, I would like to know more i would like to hear more about it that's the first follow that's that's motivational um, and you know, uh, as a coach, I've seen coaches fighting uh, on 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 ideas, saying, "Oh, my idea is better than yours. Uh, my team's doing better than yours," uh, and just uh, just rallying around on, on your on their own ideas. As a coach, even if you are working with the team, it's, you know, uh, do you rally behind other coaches' idea? Do you rally behind other Scrum masters' ideas? Saying, "Oh, you, it's all right. Your ideas look looks better than mine." Uh, if you if you can be uh, be that first follower that's motivational for anyone uh, who's, who's doing this shirtless dancing. Um, many a times you might get tired saying yeah, I'm not getting any follower uh, I don't get any follower. you you sh- you can see this tiredness for you know if you have noticed any new team if any new team member joining in your organization or in your team, They'll, they'll be enthusiastic for first few weeks, they'll share ideas, they'll you know, and then, then few after a few weeks, you'll see a decline. Do they run out of ideas or do they run out of finding the first follower? Uh, that's the psychological safety that you need to build in uh, within your organization, within your team, for team to participate team to build that, um, you know, build, uh, overcome that fear of fears All you know, failures also acceptable. Uh, how, how do we do that? And, uh, you know, any idea can be uh, useful. How do we get the team to participate and discuss that idea? How do we build an open space where ideas can be shared? Ideas can be, you know, discussed. Uh, one thing that i um, that I like um, or, or that resonates with me is um, something called as adoption theory or diffusion of innovation. Uh, this does not, this is not about, um, uh, it, it does not typically talks about your own in, internal team ideas, but if you read about it, it, it's used by product and service companies trying to understand how uh, how you know, how users will uh, how, how many users will join in or you know use try using their new product uh, new idea but if you try to relate uh, to ideas that are being generated within your team how many participants will you get how many first followers will you get and and, and if you if you try to re- link it with the, uh, with the shirtless guy you will not have uh, innovators everyone as an innovator so you have to have some some people who will come up with ideas. then you will need some first followers or early adopters and then you will see things moving out uh what we have been trying in our organization in these days is you know or or before that you know i've seen organizations trying to say oh take 10 percent of your time put it for innovation and learning and development and then uh, when the sprint planning comes or uh, you know work allocation comes you know pick as much as your capacity is, and then the innovation goes out, right? You can't have work and innovation going together. You have to have that mindset of, you know, thinking of uh, what what new can be tried. What we are trying now is our experiment that we are running is uh, the team decides uh, if they have to do an experiment or learn something, and, and, and within the team, um, um, an individual or team member will 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 volunteer and then uh put some time to that learning come back and teach the team together and team learns teams uh, the team will uh, pull out uh, put the capacity out of of the of their time uh from the sprint and invest their time in learning and bringing in something and then trying it out as well uh, the idea has now, so what well, the idea is now exploring or evolving, I would say. Uh, we're now trying cross-pollination of ideas across different products now. And what we do is if any in, any if if there is any product team who's trying to spend time on learning something, they publish it to everyone saying, We are learning and investing time here. And uh, when they when 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 they come back and then when they're doing a team session where they are learning together. Anyone is free to join in from across the organization. That's the learning culture. That's that's where time invested is what you know uh, brings uh, the ideas being brought into other product teams. That's the cross pollination of ideas that we are trying. Uh, we also see uh, you know we, we we also saw an uh, an initiative that the team started uh, doing together was you know some product team wanted to learn how other product teams are evolving and trying out some technical stuff. So they said, oh, let's buddy up now we are doing some uh ideas like uh buddies across product teams and uh, it's not only about technical they are also walking in and understanding about how processes are different for in in in, uh, in different product areas how how work is being done how you know how communication is being done and uh, and this buddy culture is um, though rem- though remotely uh now is back into place, uh, even though we did it. It was much better and easy when we were face-to-face. But, and uh, we saw chaos when we saw, when, when we moved into working remotely. Now it's trying to, it's, we are now streamlining, but and seeing more benefits out of it. So are a few things that we are trying, we are experimenting and then and, and seeing benefits as well. Uh, there is all, there will always be people who will uh, hate your idea. There would always be laggards, don't worry about them. Uh, the thing is, if you have uh, till the late majority, you have a major chunk of your team or part, uh, or, or organization rallying around your idea, and that's what you need. Um, and 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 you will see that movement. Okay. Um, any 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 ideas that you are uh, you are trying out in your organization? Anyone want to share?
3: I'll go ahead. Um, recently, due to some changes and now shifting of priorities, uh, we found ourselves our our West Coast teams pretty much isolated. So what I've uh, started to do is we call I called it uh, Friday brunch hour, and mm-hmm. it was a mat, It's it was a way of bringing us together and starting to have those conversations. I mean, it's uh, only a week old, but Um, It was a way of us getting to know one another and uh, trying to make sense of what's going on and not feel so isolated. So it's a work in progress and uh, we've now came to a consensus. We're going to meet every two weeks and um, make sure our cameras are on, make sure that we take a temperature, you know, um, uh, see how we're doing, what we're doing, and be able to help one another. So... We'll
1: see how that goes. Nice, good. Thanks, thanks for sharing that, Ricky. Uh, it's a nice idea. Um, so uh, this this thing of uh, uh, you know doing uh, engaging with Kaizen principle of team participation and team motivation, in improving morale, uh, ties up with this philosophy or you know um, idea of, uh, adoption theory. Uh, the next. Next principle that I want to talk about is something called as fish philosophy. So this comes from uh, people in the US might know about it or have heard about or must have heard about it. Uh, it comes from a fish market uh, in Seattle called Pipe Place. And there's a good good video I would like to share. Let's watch this together. Um, so I'll go quiet. And then uh, when we come back, uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about it. <laughs>
2: A difference for people like when they come by they leave in a better
3: mood and a lot of people have told us that we made their day nice. <laughs> a customer came up to me and said it was the best fish they'd ever had something happened to me and i realized i was making people happy give me a big hug this gave me a plus in my life and i
1: love serving the people now excuse me thank you love the fish philosophy is about engaging people and creating positive change in their workplaces and home lives. Oh, too much
3: coffee! Too much coffee! You know, are you being, this is a lousy, stinking job, or are you we being, well, we're just selling fish, or are you being, you know, world famous? Play pieces. Play pieces.
2: You know, you're going to do something differently when you're being world famous than you are if you're being impatient. The fish philosophy embodies an entire way of life, It's been translated into 14 languages, and it's created positive change in thousands of small
3: businesses, classrooms, Fortune 500 companies, and homes around the world.
1: You don't have to throw fish. You just have to have the energy. You have to have the commitment. You have to have
2: fun. You have to have fun at work. Like most
3: people who visit the Pike Place Fish Market for the first time, I was drawn in by the excitement, the fun, the creativity, the playfulness of the fishmongers. But the longer I spent at the market, the more I saw the playfulness didn't just come from their actions, say like throwing the fish, it came from the spirit of the people working there.
1: Uh, that's about fish philosophy. Um, anyone heard of it before? I no? Anyone tried catching a fish that big?
3: It failed miserably when I was up there.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a fun thing, right? Uh, okay. I'm just um, so this is uh, obviously was not called fish philosophy. Um, this is there's a, when I was uh, when I read about it a few years back. Uh, there's a history to this. Um, in, I think in early '90s when um, this this place was uh, bankrupt and was going to get closed. Uh, the owner of this fish market. I think it's called uh, Johnny Yokoyama or something. Sorry if I'm <laughs> saying it wrong. Uh, he changed the way the people were working. The fishmongers were working. He 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 changed the culture around uh, around around the fish market. And obviously, it was not called fish philosophy then. But the way he changed it now, I think it's, it's part of uh, uh, top ten places to visit in the tourist uh, for tourists in Seattle. And it's fun if you if you look watch that video you will see fishmongers playing around having fun and uh, and if you uh, fun is what or the play aspect of working is what I guess again I would say thrown out when when a deadline comes uh, people are and fun is not about just playing around or goofing around it's about innovating um, doing something challenging for you know technical guys might like to do some Bring in some new design, some new concepts, innovate, and and provide the best that the client or customers can have, and that's the fun aspect of their work, and that's what gets thrown out when when you start working on on deadlines. So how do we how do we do this? So there are four key principles that Fish Philosophy talks about: is being there first thing, emotionally, mentally, um, you know, not stonewalling, uh, focused, um, working remotely. Uh, so tough when you when you when you have uh this uh, uh tiredness camera tiredness of not looking at, at this big screen and uh you know uh and and they and they urge to uh, you know check your messages quickly uh, while you are talking to someone or, or in a meeting um uh, so not being there for your team um, when, when we started working remotely, uh, you know, first few weeks were chaotic. People did not know what to do. Uh, should we turn on the camera? Should we just uh, use Skype? or Should we use Teams? Should what should we use? Uh, which online tools should we use? Which whiteboard should we use? And uh, you know, people were uh, floating around in different directions. Um, there was no no nobody to just tie them together. And when we started having discussions on and started that conversation of you know what's going on, how, how do we how do we work together? How do we be there for each other? Um, uh, we realized we just need to be you know we need to start that conversation, uh, be there, not uh, um, not just look at our mobiles, not multitask when you are talking to each other, fix something, start something, and then see how it goes. Uh, one thing that was uh, you know that always came out was the mental health uh, issues that uh, you know people were having and being there um, being there for each other was something which is which has helped um, uh, our teams to continue this journey work together uh, and work together uh, even in even, even in this time uh, we know uh, you know, we, uh, we know each other's uh, kids. We know uh, their uh, pets. That's 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 the way we we want to be with each other. Even though we we are not uh, you know face to face or we're not sitting next to each other, uh, we we feel we can just you know tap uh, on the screen and talk to each other. That's that's trying to be in there for them. Um, the play aspect uh, is having fun one thing uh, you know when we started having conversation uh, with the team on uh, how do we you know how, what do we do what, what to take care of this mental health issue how do we one thing came out you know uh, was uh, few of the team members like uh, were missing out the gossip uh, the coffee room chat uh, in front you know every morning every afternoon um, standing in front of the vending machine talking about something not about work just talking just chit chat Uh, we we started with a a coffee channel uh, in our in our product team area Um, you know anyone can join in at that time and people will get a notification Uh, the meeting started anyone want to have a coffee bring in a cup talk you know join in that session have chit chat discuss Um, fun creative Uh, the team came up with an idea like doing trying it out uh, some other things that we are trying, uh, we always had, a com- many organizations have community of practice, we also have something called as community of interest, uh, which is anyone interested in board games, join that community, go play, um, you know, people are playing, uh, moving on to remote games, um, people who are, uh, you know, into biking, community of interest for biking um people are going on so in uk we have uh, people can go out on bikes and and go uh at least if, if they have that uh, safe distance they can so people are still, still uh doing that so we have community of interest which is keeping fun uh you know helping people uh, you know each other out um one thing that we as coach did was you know uh we opened up uh Sessions for anyone who would like to be coached not about agile or anything else it's all about life, if you want to talk about something we are here to just uh, listen to you just give them that uh, time um, and and um, it worked out it, it's working out uh, it's not like we are perfect, uh, but it's working out for us. Um, the third principle talks about making their day uh, so it's not just about making their day for for the customers. There has to be an internal focus about uh, about your own team, about your own team members. Um, how do you do that? Um, we we used to have uh, a gratitude board, a kudo board when we were when we were doing uh, we were we used to go to office. Looks looks it sounds like how how long it has been. Uh, so we moved moved online. We now have kudo boards, online kudo boards, online. Um, uh, recognition, um, uh, you know, some uh, uh, star of the week, star of the sprint. Uh, the teams recognizing each other's achievement and uh, effort, uh, and it's making making you know showing this gratitude. It's it's just making each other stay. We do it. Uh, we we do emotional. We used to do emotional check-ins, uh, and we, we lost it when we moved remotely. People were not sure how do we do that. Uh, you know, we had we had a board of emojis, and people would select that emoji and say, "Oh, I'm feeling feeling shit. I'm feeling that. Uh, you know, I'm angry. I'm not happy, or I'm really happy, something like that." So we we, we uh, you know people were confused. They wanted to try again. Uh, you know, doing that emotional check-in every morning. Um, we have we did find uh you know finally I would not. Uh, Say you know some tool work. We we tried multiple online tools. We now we picked up one, and then we are going ahead with that. Uh, and it's working out for each you know, for the team. Uh, they 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 do emotional check-ins of saying, oh how am I feeling? And, and then they're happy talking about it. Um, and if anyone wants to you know uh, wants to talk to um, talk about something which is not going right, uh, they just mention it. Oh, I would like to talk. Anyone want has time? They're free. Um, you know if you have a coach they want to approach they are free uh, free to talk to them. So making their day um, and, and it, it, it would be different in all in all other organizations it's not that you know this is the right this is the only way to do that. Um, the last principle talks about choosing your attitude uh, and it, it's not, uh, uh, it's about controlling your own emotional step, state. Um, and if you bring in your frustration, your anger uh, with your team, with, with your you know in front of your team, that would be reciprocated. So have that, you know, take that responsibility of uh, bringing your own self. Of uh, you know, uh, if you can't be happy, or you know, how do you how do you not bring in that toxin toxin of uh, within the team environment? How well, uh, and take that responsibility. So it's up it's on us to choose our attitude when we when we join in uh daily so how do we do that it's it's a personal personal choice that we all have to make and uh being self-aware about it is one thing that we can all try um so this this these are four key principles that came out of the fish philosophy and uh, you know this is what uh um, I'm not sure if uh, if the owner at that time thought about oh I'm doing this four things, but um, what he did was uh, reflected in those in four principles. And you uh, know, um, uh, the more I uh, read about this fish philosophy, uh, I find it very interesting, very uh, motivating uh, on how we can help uh, build a humanized workspace. Though. Not in office, but in humanized uh, remote workspace for each one of us, um, and and motivating the team to be for you know available for uh, each other. So that's how it's working out for us. Um, I'm not sure how it's working for others. Anyone has anything that they want to share? No, nothing.
0: We do have one question in the chat. It's um not about sharing, but it's about the tool. What tool did you use for the online gratitude board?
1: Um, So we tried uh, a add-on for MS Teams called InVision. Uh, Then we tried uh, something on Google Whiteboard, and we tried uh, another tool called Mural, and then uh, we finally are using Miro. So it's on on how ease uh, how easy it was for uh, each one of us to use it, and the team decided. Some teams are still using uh, different app, uh, but most of them have now are now using Miro.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and uh, we as a, as coaches, we just build in those frames and build in all those uh, structure for them to use, um, and and it's ev- evolving. It's not like we own it; the teams own it. The teams are the te- uh, uh, they started something like a picture of the day saying, Oh, this is how I'm, I'm feeling. Uh, then they put in their, their uh, picture of the pe- pets uh, playing around or kids playing around. And, and it's just, it's just a lively, lively boat for everyone to come and, uh, uh just add something oh how they are feeling today. Yeah, I would like okay. to add, um, to read, uh, sorry, yeah. uh, on the things. Yeah. So we started a couple of things, um, we started like a game leaderboard. So we started Ludo games. We playing uh, kind of like a round robin league. Uh, and uh, we started like a sync every Monday. Everyone can put their kudos their like what they're doing. They're building their house or whatever, you know, images, that kind of stuff. So we started that as well. Yeah. Nice. Great. Um, so yeah, Uh keep trying out, uh, it's not that um, people will speak up and ask for something different to be done. So These are two things that I love. Um, uh, The other, um, the third thing that I'm gonna share was uh, talking about the eight steps uh, of leading a change by John Cotter. So he talks about it in in his books. uh, The first one was leading change. Some of you would have read this or know about this but um, you know, from my perspective, you know, you can use this not only for an organizational level change. Uh, you can use it at a smaller, you know, thinking at a team level, at a smaller level as well. Um, so, what do you do when you are, uh, you know, bringing in an idea? Uh, when you are, when you have a shirtless dancer uh, trying to uh, show uh, show a vision? So you start with getting with a vision, a sense of thing uh, of urgency that yeah, we need to make a change, we need to do something different. We need to uh, challenge the status quo. Uh, you, uh, and then um, obviously, if again I'm linking back to the uh, uh, shirtless dancer you need to have that first follower in your next step uh, and, uh, and and build a co- coalition of, of I have a shared vision this is where you will start evolving your vision and then come up with different activities different tasks to work on it and this is what we are doing when you know as as coaches as a group of agile coaches we we, we are working and trying to see which idea should we bring in uh, and help the teams to overcome these issues working remotely Um, and the the vision is uh, not delivery focus but uh employee focus uh, the team member focus how do we how do we keep them engaged that's our that's the vision that has been given to us uh to work on and uh, and keep motivating them and uh, and and the delivery is happening it's not like our organization lurking behind we are uh, you know we are innovating we are delivering uh, as per our you know clients expectation but this is our vision. Um, so we have we the fourth step that we have done is uh, we have a early majority uh, where people are you know trying out new ideas, trying out new new tools, different uh, online tools, uh, different games, different uh, ideas. And uh, the 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 thing that we are now focusing that as soon as we 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 lurk or you know uh, we, we we float an idea, we try to uh, get the teams. Uh, Trying that idea and then uh, things like removing barriers, removing impediments. Um, um, when, when I said we tried four different tools, uh, some had a licensing issue, some had uh, you know, people were not able to log in through VPN and uh, you know, we could not work on it. So we kept removing barriers. We, we you know, we went back and forth with procurement, getting licenses, practicing licenses, and you know, trial licenses and stuff. We kept doing all those stuffs. Um, we celebrated success. Um, we had uh, f- uh, Friday beers, Friday pub outs, um, online pub outs. We got we got, uh, we got you know, people to come in and you know share beer, or, you know show which ones they're having. Or uh, some walked in with their coffee mugs. and that's all right. We, we had fun. We had uh, we enjoyed it, um, and 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 followed up. You know um, uh, even. Celebrating failures as well. If you are thinking of any technical ideas, if you are failing, the design did not work. uh, We need to, uh, we we learn something. Celebrate your failures as well. Celebrate your learnings as well. Uh, Building a culture, you know, you need to keep motivation up uh, moving forward um, and building in transparency. And how do you do that? Uh, uh, Depends on what, what is the team looking at? You know, some some say, "Oh, put everything in Jira, put everything in TFS." Ah, oh. how do you build a culture where people will, you know, without looking at a uh, with with an online Jira board or online TFS board, they know what they are doing. And they are bring you know, they are accountable to each other. They know what's going on. Um, the more we use the whiteboards when we were face to face, now we are using whiteboards on our uh, Miro boards now. Uh, we do have our TFS boards, sprint boards as well, where, which the team looks at at times, and and then uh, moves back and starts working on uh, story mapping, story impact mapping, and that's where they focus on at times. Um, the last step is uh, when you have that, you know, in, in you bring in that momentum or keeping that momentum is to institute that change, make it part of the way of working. Um, there can be team agreements. How do you want to work together? Uh, as, as, a, as a team, uh, our organization, uh, you know, we are, uh, we now have, uh, the team has come up with pair programming uh, slots. They have come up with core working uh, slots where they, where they work alone and focus on something. Uh, and, and it has become part of culture. Any new team member joins in uh, will know what they need to do, what's the process all about. One thing that we updated when we moved uh, remotely was our user manual. Uh, there's something called as user manual of how, what do we like, uh, you know, how do we want to work together, or uh, how do I want to communicate? What's my uh, weakness? What's my strength? Uh, we updated it and we said, okay, remotely our strengths have changed, our weaknesses have changed, and. Uh, it was fun to start that conversation um, uh, when we saw that chaos uh, uh, moving, uh, working remotely, and uh, that's something uh, you know started or triggered that discussion of how do we change the way we are working together. So uh, that's um, the eight steps of leading a change. Um, you can find a lot of a uh, um, uh, lot of documents, a lot of um, material about it. Um, So that's all about Kaizen that I had to talk about, but there's still something which you might have heard about, something called as Kaikaku. Anyone heard about Kaikaku? No? Yeah, heard about it from, I think, Alistair Cockburn, if I'm not wrong. Okay, all right. So Kaikaku is something which is radical. Where Kaizen talks about incremental evolutionary continuous change. Kaikuku talks about radical changes, revolutionary, uh, which happens in a limited time. Um, It can be because of something, some new product, uh, new competitor in the market, or an external factor like COVID. One of the radical changes that happened uh, was. One day we were said, oh, we are going to try out working remotely. We have heard about COVID and we were said, okay, we are going to, this is a trial. We are just doing a trial uh, for two days. And after two days, we were said, oh, we are working remotely. Most of the team members said, oh, we still have our stuff at our desk. We have our pictures. We have our, uh, you know, something, something personal that still binds us to, uh, to our office space. And that was the radical change that happened. So every Kaikaku has to be followed by Kaizen, a continuous improvement, that's what we are doing now by having that conversation of what happened because of that radical change. Uh, Yes, it has, it has to be initiated by the management, Uh, obviously it started because of something external that nobody could control. Um, So this radical change what happened and uh, what we are um, what some of the steps that we are taking now um, at a team level is or as i said you know coffee channels uh one issue that came up uh as, as as we were discussing um or having conversation was you know we move from one meeting to the next we don't we are not we are going crazy we are we are uh you know doing context switching uh we need breaks between meetings one thing as a as, as an organization that we have done is uh Our meeting. uh, If if you're using Outlook, there's a set setting that we need. We have done for everyone. Uh, Our we don't have an hour-long meeting. We have a 50 minutes meeting or a 25 minutes meeting. So everyone finishes uh, one meeting, takes a break, goes out uh, if they have a continuous meeting, goes to that next meeting. Simple steps, right? These are all simple things. Uh, Other issue that uh, you know each. Each one of us had uh, was, you know, when do we break? When do we take breaks? When do we do lunch? Get lunch breaks? Our 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 professional timing, official timing, and personal time was so got so muddled up um, that it was difficult for us to take breaks. And uh, uh, we at an at a leader level, we we uh, our top management now um, sent out. I think it, it was four, 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 min- four months back. Uh, Twelve to one. It's a, everyone's calendar booked. It's away from keyboard time. Nobody's going to work. Uh, nobody's uh, supposed to put a meeting invite. Right then so everyone takes a break. Then um, and it pops up every day. And uh, it's from our top management. Everyone knows uh, and and uh, you know respects that. Um, it, it's brought some. You know, it's it's like that pause button for us thing. Oh, let's take a break now. Um, and uh, it's good um you know we 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 are now able to focus on our personal time as well and there's so much recognition from everyone saying oh we are spending uh, you know one of the issues i think one of one of the one of the person that i'm working with right now um uh, as as i'm mentoring him uh he said uh you know his office time, he doesn't know. Uh, he gets meeting invites uh, late in the night as well because now we are working from home, and you are expected to join them. That's the culture we don't want. That's the culture that uh, that hurts or you know or creates that mental health issue, um, and 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 takes you away from innovation. So ideas are you know the ideas are simple. Uh, um, and focused on humanizing workplace, building team participation, and getting this personal discipline up. And uh, and it's not it's not that we have stopped uh, coming up with ideas. Of how do we change? Uh, we are trying and we are trying our find our way forward, and we'll keep doing that as as a group uh, in our organization. And maybe uh, inspire some of you to try out something different in your organization and 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 build that humanized workplace. So that's me. Uh, that's my agenda for today. Anything that you would like to share more, or you know, uh, ask ask me.
0: I'm invite you to turn your camera on and uh, feel free to give your expressions, opinions, questions, thoughts. Ricky,
3: I have a question. How do you balance? You know, I, and and only because I'm fairly new to the Scrum world and Agile. Uh, but how do you balance the uh, use of you know, whiteboards, whether it's uh, physical or virtual and it not impacting uh, the actual work that gets done? And I know that you know, here's a way of, for us to all visualize it and be transparent, know where everybody is at any one given time, what our focuses are. But when do you say, okay, we're spending too much time on the documentation like JIRA or the whiteboards or all of this in combi- in combination to actually coming together, um, collaborating and getting work done.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, when your process starts getting dictated by the tool that you're using, that that's, 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 that's should be a trigger point. Oh, my JIRA does not support two people assigned to a ticket. We can't do pair programming. That's something which I've heard and I'm like, all right, well, if, if is the tool stopping you to do pair programming, or is it just the task allocation? And there was no answer. So uh, there's no right or wrong to it. Uh, it's up to the team. So uh, when we did it, uh, we did. I know when we were face to face, we did use TFS, uh, Team Foundation Server Boards, and we used to still use the the team. I love to use the boards, uh, the white boards, um, every day. That was closer to them, so that everyone could use it. And and for for your uh, information, my teams all uh, co-located, mm-hmm. and there are no remote ones. The ones uh, in my previous organization, I worked with teams remotely, so they had to use online boards more. Uh, but they still had uh, a a whiteboard for themselves as well uh, in their uh, space. Um, how do we recognize it? Is is not for you to recognize. It's for the team to understand. Oh, we are we are uh, we are we have an impediment. We are s- slowing down because of our tool. Should we really use it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, for for us as a coach, uh, you know, we need to bring that visibility to them and say, okay, do you want to work because uh, the way the tool is working, or do you want to work because of the way you want to work? Right, right, and then okay. balance it out.
0: I love that answer, Rahit, and um, that we can't let the tools tell us what to do. We need to tell the tools what to do. Um, And I also look at it from the perspective of the agile values and principles, individuals and interactions over process and tools. And that means that the process and tools should be utilized to help individuals interact. And if they're not being used for that or they're getting in the way of that, then they need to get out of the way. Um, and and yeah. I think, especially in this virtual world, I, I, there's been a big shift to, oh, no, we're virtual, we need tools. And yes, while I agree, I don't think that all the tools we're using are necessary and that sometimes they get in the way of the individuals interacting. And then, so I'd love to see us kind of find the middle space in that where we are interacting and when there is a challenge to us interacting, let's pull in the tool. And then if it will help us interact, not use the tool first and then figure out if we can interact.
3: Yeah, because, uh, you know, especially my upper management, um, I mean, our, team, our, our whole organization has, has worked uh, project management, I mean, very standard project management, hierarchy, the whole thing. But I have such a small team. It's three of us. And we're pretty agile. I mean, we move, we shift, we allocate things. We, you know, we have people, other departments coming to us for solutions because we can turn them around very quickly, but it's because we have the resources. We don't get, and I will be the first one, I'm horrible at documentation. (laughs) I'm hard, and my thing is always, you know, we can shift on a dime because we're very collaborative, we're talking about things, we're In bypass, you know, with somebody else, you know, we're just having a normal conversation and in in a bypass comment, they make a comment I go, oh, I know somebody that can help you. Let me go, you know, get you guys connected. But, you know, upper management wants us to deal with these applications to document everything, but we haven't really been trained. Here's the manual, go figure it out. And we're like, there's no time for this and it's very cumbersome. So we're trying to learn and utilize and document all at the same time while spending the time in actual Effective uh, solutions. So uh, for me, it's like, you know, a whiteboard an Excel sheet a Word document notes, whatever it is, we can document real quickly what we're doing, how we're helping and then we do done and then move on to the next thing you know we just shift it over it's a done deal we don't need you know i'm used to little sticky notes on my on my monitors yep so i figure whatever works to get us through and it, if it's effective i mean new technology doesn't mean it's better
2: yep.
1: mm-hmm. right i'm um, still by my, my uh Post-its, I, uh, I do keep it. I, I love doing my work. I'm keeping it post-its handy. Uh, the team that I work with, they are also loving it. Uh, they, they like to keep it, uh, keep post at their desk. Uh, one, you know, it can be colorful uh, and uh, it's fun to use. Uh, put it in front of you and like, OK, I'll, I'll move it. It's, it's, again, a recognition. It's like uh, that motivation, oh, I achieved something today. Uh, and uh, use it online. Uh, use it in front of your desk. Uh, Uh, post-its are are really motivational.
0: Awesome. Anybody else? Questions, comments, thoughts? All right. Well, it sounds like we are um, good to wrap this up then, Rohit. Thank you so much. Um, I took several notes here um, about things that I want to go investigate further and even see how I might pull them into some of the work and some of the um, teaching I do. So, thank you a lot for that. Uh, we really appreciate you being with us today. And uh, we look forward to this. Oh, we have a couple of people looking for the deck. If you can drop that in the chat, um, then people will be able to download it. And then, um, look forward to seeing you all. In two weeks, we have our next session. And now I have very quickly forgotten what it was because I closed that. It is causal loop diagrams. We're going to look at how we use causal loop diagrams in coaching. And that is going to be um, presented by Milos Zekovic. And I may have said that wrong, but we'll find out next week. (laughs) So y'all have a great weekend and looking forward to seeing you again. Tell somebody about the meetup.
1: All right. (laughs)